welcome to the Godmothers Podcast. I'm Lisa Bevere, and I not only believe that every woman needs a godmother, I believe she can actually be one. You may be thinking, what the heck is a godmother? Are we talking about fairy godmothers? Are we talking about Sicilian mafia godmothers? No, no, we're talking about something amazing. We're talking about someone who watches over us, someone who walks alongside of us and transforms our seasons of hardship, our trials to a time of triumph and growth. So I'm super excited that today I am joined by my friend. I met her last fall, fell in love with her. Her name is Candace Payne. And when it, if you're like, hey, I don't know who Candace Payne is. I have to be honest with you because I'm old. I didn't. My boys knew who she was. They were like, mom, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's amazing. Candace Payne is a viral sensation. She did this incredible video of a Chewbacca mask. And it was the most viewed Facebook live video to date. Listen, 177 million views. But, you know, I want to say, don't think, oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that just is one thing. No, God is the one who gives influence. And so God mm -hmm. used that 177 million views to actually position Candace for the next thing in her life. She released a book. It's amazing. Her first book was called Laugh It Up, Embrace Freedom, and Experience Defiant Joy. I love that. Defiant Joy. And she yeah. created a small group curriculum called Defiant Joy. What happens when you're full of it? Now, she is always on the edge there. She's <laughs> So I, I, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time because her edginess speaks to my borderline naughty. Uh, Candace, she lives in Texas with her husband and two children. And again, two Henri Pugs. I'm assuming those are dogs. Is that correct? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're... <laughs> They're a hot mess. You might hear them today, as a matter of fact. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, Miss Candace, we're gonna start. We're gonna start easy, and then we're gonna go deep. So we're okay. gonna we're gonna start shallow. I'm I'm just gonna ask you because I am Italian. Food is important to me. I am a feeder. What is your favorite food? Oh, unequivocally, tacos. It okay. has to be tacos. That was decisive. It. I yes. hear the. I hear them. They're saying yes. And amen. Tacos are her favorite. Okay, unequivocally. Yeah. Now, now are that is that corn hard or <laughs> flour tacos? Lisa, the craziest thing is that I actually made a New Year's resolution one year to eat a taco every single day of the year. Okay. It's the only time I've been successful maintaining <laughs> a New Year's resolution. And it wow. was like, like I didn't even have to think about it. I was like, this is happening. It's well, happening. Okay. It was one day in a pinch. It was like 10 p.m. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I haven't had a taco. But I was at a Mongolian grill type place. And I was like, if I get a tortilla and put all this stuff in here, it's going to be an Asian taco and I win. And I did. And I yeah. mean, I'm telling you, yeah. tacos As are Asian, my life. Asian taco for the win. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, I can hear already you have a little bit of a different approach to life. Whereas people are saying, I'm not going to eat tacos for a year. <laughs> You're like, I am eating tacos defiantly every yeah. day for a year. Okay. I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So a taco is anything that you can make into a taco. You've expanded 
tacos for me as well. Okay. If it sits in a tortilla and fits, it's a taco. So yeah, it sits and fits. It is a taco. There we go. There's your parameters. Okay. (laughs) All right. So is pizza a taco if I fold it? I guess that becomes my question. All right. Uh, Next one. Next thing. Uh, I'm almost scared to ask this. Mm. Coffee or tea or both? Uh, mostly coffee, but I do elderberry and blackberry tea around like the seasonal allergy kind of stuff just to keep my immune system up. So I drink maybe one thing of elderberry tea a day, um, cause it's caffeine free and a little bit healthier, but mostly coffee, like, coffee and tacos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but you'd be surprised. I'm decaf. Okay. I'm full see, blown now, decaf. Okay. Now see, now here's where I'm going to challenge you. Why? Why? I had to medically. I had to. I had iron deficiency anemia, and I was told that caffeine literally sucks the oxygen from your I don't want to hear that. Okay. I want this edited right now. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot have my oxygen sucked from my blood by my espresso. Okay. So you like like the flavor. You're just going for flavor. Turns out I like creamer, but... Coffee's got to be in there somehow. So, <laughs> hey, listen, the way I started coffee was with Breyer's coffee ice cream. I would take like yes. a half a scoop, pour coffee over <laughs> it, and then just nurse that thing. It yes, saved ma'am. my children. It saved me. It kept me <laughs> sane. All right. So, we've got mostly coffee. Yeah. That's decaf, yeah. lots of creamer, and elderberry tea. Elderberry yes. tea. Okay. Yes. We've introduced something new. All right. So, all right, now we're going to, now we're going to go, we're going to go a little deeper. So Candace, I don't know if you're comfortable saying how old you are. I turned 60 this year. So how about you? Yes, ma'am. I'm 40, 40 years old and I'll be 41 here in a couple months. Um, I actually feel like you've earned every year. So I have no problem (laughs) saying how old I am. I'm like, you better believe I'm going to claim that 38th year and the 39th. You know what I mean? Like, it'll cost me something. So, of course, I'll tell you my age. I I totally agree. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to cut that in half. And you're going to talk to the 20-year-old Candace. Yes. What (laughs) would you tell this girl? Remember her. Remember her. See her. (sighs) What would you say to her? I would tell her several things. And this is where your your edgy friend comes out a little bit. I would tell her, don't worry. You're getting married in a a six-month span. You'll have sex soon. True love will wait, and it will have waited, and it will be worth it. Um, And then I will also tell her. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so so you would tell her, just hold on. Sex is coming in six months. Yeah. Six months. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I wasn't expected to be the first out of my group set to get married at a young age. And so everything felt like it was going to take forever. Um, So I would tell her to be patient a little bit more than she was. I would also tell her, you're going to be a mom. I didn't ever think that that was on my horizon. Um, Why? Why didn't you think that? You know, I never really felt as though I knew how to do relationships well, Um, especially you know, just with guys, the idea, I always wanted, um, a relationship. I wanted companionship, but I kind of felt like it was this far off mystery. And so I didn't really know if I was going to go get married, even just stepping back and be a wife, but then to especially think that I was going to be a mom that was like out of my realm of, of imagination. And then now, you know, 
adding that half back and putting me here at 40. No way in my mind did I ever think somebody would be calling me Chewbacca mom, you know, uh, another mom name. Like, it's just the moniker that you have is ridiculous. Yeah, I never would have, like, when I watched Star Wars, I never looked at Chewbacca and made the word association mother. I never, I never, I never said Me either, right? I've, no, I never made that word association. Yep. Okay. And yep. you, how old are your children now? I have a 11 year old daughter and I have a nearly 10 year old son. They're only 14 months apart. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. 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 You, you did that. You did that close. All right. Okay. Yeah, unintentionally. I mean, intentionally for the practice of it, but unintentionally for the planning of it. You know, that happens. That happens. It does. Okay. So now also, if I remember right, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you might've been raised in a lot of legalism. Am I, am I wrong on that? No, you're completely on You're Yeah. um, So what would you say to that 20 year old girl who hmm. was, I mean, I mean, you've got tattoos. Did you have tattoos (laughs) at 20? Did you have those? I actually, I actually got my first tattoo at 20. I got a tattoo of an ichthus fish symbol, the Christian symbol on my toe, because I was wanting it to be my toe tag, if you will, that I'd be identified as a follower of Jesus. And people Um, would get saved in the morgue. Exactly. It would be an evangelism tool. Like I could be at the beach washing off my feet with sand and start up a conversation. Be like, yeah, that's a fish tattoo. You want to know what it means? Share the gospel right then and there. Um, and I actually wow. did. That's not like a story that I just wow. thought of. And so no, um, I, <laughs> that's 20-year-old Candace probably was trying to figure out a lot of things in her relationship with God. Uh, I think I felt this discontent always between what I felt the church was displaying, um, practicing, uh, kind of emulating versus what I would read in scripture. And so... And when I say what I would read in scripture, it's not like the words wouldn't be there and they weren't preaching the words that were in the scriptures. It very feels so much contradictory with the heart of God that I felt as I read the scriptures with the heart of man, as I heard them from pulpits. Um, And so that was always a struggle for me, especially at 20 years old. I just felt like something was incongruent and... So let me see if I can put, put some words around it. I didn't get saved till 21 and Mm. I was not practicing any kind of sacred life. Uh, I just remember everybody being distraught because I had double pierced ears. Uh, But, (laughs) but, but here's something that, and, and tell me if this is capturing it. Yeah. When I read the scriptures and when I sensed the spirit of God speaking to me, Mm. the tone Mm-hmm. The tone was completely different mm-hmm. than anything I heard from the pulpit. Is yeah. is that what you're saying where this this incongruency yeah. or because like when I would hear things that were disparaging mm. about women mm. or disparaging about your past, uh I never I never heard Jesus bring up my past. I never heard him bring up my gender except for in the sense of wonder and divine purpose. Mm-hmm. And and when I came into the church, it was the first time, and I, I hate to say it, yeah. but it was the first time I actually, and it wasn't 
every sermon, but it was the first time I heard an innuendo of mm. less than or mm. less redeemed as a woman or less redeemed because I had a past or um, I don't know, uh, not uh, having to earn love. Like I was so overwhelmed by the love of God. That's why I actually became a Christian was mm. because I experienced this unconditional love that I'd never experienced before. So mm. I've, I've said all that, but what did, what was your uh, discontent between what you sensed in, in your personal relationship with Jesus and what you experienced mm. in the church? I think a lot of people might at first glance describe it and define it as hypocrisy. Uh, there was these lofty goals of preaching sermons that were the red letter words of Jesus, and they felt very, very full and rich and freeing um, when you would hear them in a sermon context. But then you would see the behavior of a pastor or a lay person even in the church, and it would be usually operating out of fear because of legalism. You know, I, I, I sure. don't even want to say that it was hatred or disdain yeah. for others. I feel like it's more fear of I'm going to lose control. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not going to be righteous enough. I'm not going to be accepted. I'm not going to be the person that I'm hoping to be when the doors are closed or the doors are open in my life to other people. And out of that fear, I saw rules develop. I saw mm -hmm. uh, opinions matter more through their actions than what they were preaching, the gospel and the good words mm -hmm. that Jesus had said. Mm -hmm. And um, when fear is your governing motivation, regardless the truth that you're speaking, um, what is the old adage? Yeah, I mean, it's more caught than taught. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like that is what had happened and what I'd seen far above everything else. It was more caught this, uh, this attitude of, I really don't believe what I'm saying, but I'm meant to say it because I know, and I hope that there's truth in it. You know, Candace, I love that you had a sensitivity that legalism breeds fear mm. and fear is a horrible counselor yeah. because it always makes it about us. What about me? What about mine? It, it doesn't lean in to the spirit of God. It doesn't lean into the love of God. It's a, gosh, I, I hope I'm getting this right. I, I hope this is what I'm supposed to be saying. And, you know, it, it, it actually, um, you know, fear does not step into a season of faith, which gives us that substance. Yeah. And so anything else you'd want to say to your 20 year old before you move on? Oh, I think I would also just, would you tell her, Hey, it's real. <laughs> well, I would tell her it's real, but I would also say something else. I would tell her to continue to have fun. Like don't ever let anybody tell you that you have to be boring and stuffy and stupid. Um, or that boring and stuffy is more smart. Um, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it does feel like Christians somehow think that uh, fun is not holy. <laughs> and, and I don't, yes. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how anybody can actually look at humans yeah. and not have a revelation that God has an incredible sense of humor just because he made us. We're ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. I... Um, I love to make fun of myself and laugh because I, I do feel like that's uh, okay with God. So, <laughs> all right. So younger Candace, yeah. she needs to just be patient. She needs to understand that God's going to give her what she needs and she's going to be an amazing mother. 
She needs to understand that that hunger for more mm. is a God-authored hunger for more and that there is more and yes. she can have fun and be fun. And how how amazing that, to be honest with you, I feel like your Chewbacca mom, which I did see very late. I did not see <laughs> until until a couple decades later. I don't even know. Uh, my assistant that was with us when I met you, yes. she also she also knew. She's in this room still fangirling right now. She knew about it, but uh, it was permission. Mm. It was permission yeah. to yeah. laugh in a world that I think is overwhelmed with uh, things that are not funny. So, all right. So let me ask you, since you are a wee 40, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what do you need from some of the older women? What do you need? Oh, I always feel or, like it's wisdom. What do you need or did? Wisdom. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, you know, in my opinion, um, God just kind of put this on my heart a few years ago that I needed seasoned friends. I needed somebody that was a season behind that I could pour into. Um, I needed somebody in the same season where we have kids that love each other and we love each other as friends and we're able to get together consistently. But I need next season friends. I, I need the friends that have already walked where I'm about to walk. I need them to, to say, hey, here's a pitfall. Here's, here's a speed bump that you may not see coming. Um, and to even just say, you know what? It's okay. This is going to happen. And here's how you embrace it and, and live it and love it and um, own it. You know, uh, I'm afraid sometimes we fully rely on our parents to be our sole role for that next season friend. And I found that I'm, I'm sorely missing an area of friendship. I'm sorely missing an area of counsel if I don't have next season friends. Um, because there's something that friendship offers that family can't. And that's what I hope to yeah. find in the next season, friends, is is wisdom of just where you've been and the things that you're, gosh, the things that you're still dreaming and hoping for. I love knowing that. I love knowing that there's no end to that, that there isn't a cutoff time for your faith or for your hope or for your dreams. Um, and everybody that is my next season friend, man, they tell me, they tell me that all the fears that I have are just dumb, you know, without saying it in such a rude way. Like I just said it. But then, well, I, I, I might say it in that rude way, yeah, but yeah, yeah, your other ones are probably nice. <laughs> well, I love, I love knowing that because it's like we, we waste so much effort on the what ifs and what ifs always destroy joy. I mean, they are a tool of the enemy if I've ever seen one. It, there's no hope. There's no goodness. There's no faith. There's nothing that is a characteristic of God in a what if. And yet I feel as though most of our lives, we conduct all of our things that we do on a daily basis on what ifs instead of really what is or, or even what has been. You know, there's goodness in seeing what has been regardless if it's been detrimental to our lives it's goodness because we're able to either pull our pants up and learn and, and keep on going um further stronger and better and wiser or you know there are good moments that we can rally around as well and, and own and say you know what i can see the goodness of god where <laughs> just like the psalmist tells us goodness and mercy have been chasing at the heels of my feet every step and to not forget that you know um but man the what ifs they they've done me no good None. Yeah. Now I've 
I've only seen it be a detriment mm. to growth, to connection, mm. to faith, yeah. to hope, to love. Uh, you know, love believes the best. The what if, it just hypothesizes the worst. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's so interesting because we are living in days without precedent. Mm. And God is actually asking us, do I still have your trust you know are we are we are we now questioning whether god is able just because we aren't able and i and and we were talking yesterday about god is saying hey hey this is a season where it's no longer about you this is not about the giants in the land this is about our god is well able mm. and he is willing to save and deliver, whether by many or by few. It has absolutely nothing to do with us and everything to do with where we put our trust. So I, I just want to actually highlight a couple of things because I, I love the way you said it, seasoned friends, seasoned friends. We all need seasoned friends. We need yeah. the friends that are seasoned behind mm -hmm. so that we're giving out mm -hmm. because we always need to be reaching back and giving out out or else we become people that just take in, take in, take in and make it about ourselves. Then we need the friends in our now season. Uh, I remember, you know, my friends in my now season where I would call them when my kids were young and I'd say, oh my gosh, uh, I, you know, I can't get the sun potty trained or I can't do this yeah. or I haven't taken a shower in yeah. three days. Yeah. And they were like, it's okay. It's okay. We needed those friends in the now season but the now season friends cannot move us into our next season. You're they right. may travel with us, but they can't pull us mm -hmm. into that next season. And so we need next season women. And I do believe that is why Titus said that the older women must. Mm. It didn't say, hey, guys, if you feel like yeah. it, yeah. if you like <laughs> the younger women, yeah. you, if you've done everything perfect. Because yeah. see, a lot of people feel like they don't have anything to add because they haven't done everything mm. perfect. He says the older woman must teach and train the younger women. And so, Candace, how are you finding women in the next season? How are you finding those? Because I do think yeah. a lot of times there, it's easy to find women in our now season, and yeah. it's easier to find women that are in the season behind us how are you connecting with women who are in the next season? Well, not to make it sound super spiritual, but in all honesty, it's kind of like uh, the spiritual highlights that I see. You know, when almost God just spotlights somebody. Um, it, we live in a weird age right now where some of our community can actually be community that we touch, see, and we're able to feel and we're able to meet with in our hometown. But some of our community is also uh, spread out across this United States right. and we FaceTime and we do the, you know, Facebook portal calls or we, or we make these coffee dates in these zoom chat rooms and we connect. Um, I find myself in the next season friends. Number one, you're one of those that I've just happened to meet. And I don't know if you remember when we first met, but it was kind of just like this, Hey, can we just talk? And I, I don't know. Yeah, we sat, we sat, <laughs> we sat up in the green room yeah. and we, yeah. and we 
we connected. Yeah. Yes. And, and that was, that was a great moment that I remember thinking, gosh, God's just kind of spotlighting this person to be somebody that's a next season that I could not only um, be a friend to, but, but absolutely, like you said, be pulled into the next. Um, and then also there are people, there are women in my home church that, I know that they've given prophetic words. They come up and consistently ask, Hey, you know what? Um, I just want to check on you and check on your family is how's everything going. I've been praying for you. And you know, I don't take that as just a kindness anymore. I used to take that as, Oh, isn't that lady sweet? Um, it's like this, this spotlight of God saying, there's somebody that I've put you on their mind to intercede. I need you to Mm -hmm. build relationship with. Um, and so there's, there's several that they are tangible, touchable, and I can call at any moment and they're in my hometown and say, I just really need to meet. And it's only because I've considered, I've looked up my, I've, I've looked up and and said, I want to see you, um, with my eyes and know that you're here, um, I think so many times we get wrapped up and enveloped in our now that we don't see the people that God are aligning with us. Um, And then I just got to say this too. um, And I know this is going to sound with a a twinge of arrogance and I, I hope it doesn't come across as this. I hope it comes across in full humility. But if you have a great calling upon your life, if you have, which I believe every believer does. Okay. Your, your calling is to glorify God. Um, but if you find yourself in a position that you are running a race at a certain speed and you are literally tethering yourself to somebody at a slower pace, um, it slows you down as well. I love finding people that are in the next season that are running hard, that their pace is worthy of keeping up together or even inspiring me to move faster. Um, and I think a lot of times early on, I was aligning myself with people that were maybe at a slower speed slower pace, even though they were a next season in life. And right now my eyes are open to try to find those, those women, those friendships that their next season because of what they've lived, but they're also at a pace where I'm like, dude, I don't care what you've done in your past or where you you've been in your (laughs) age that I'm at now. I see you running with full strength and that's where I want to be as well. You know, I I love that you brought that up. And as you were talking about it, I thought about a moment in my life. I remember I was, I want to say 30, 34. Mm. And I had had a moment with God where I was more or less trying to bring someone who was older than me along on the journey. Mm. And what happened was, you know, I kept saying, okay, this is, this is what God is speaking to me. And every time I would bring it, she would put blocks according to her experience. And I I remember being alone with God. And he said, I know this is what I need you to do. I need you to leave her on the shore. And I need you to dive in. Wow. And he was giving me that river in Ezekiel where he said she will keep you ankle deep because she is afraid of losing control. Mm. And he said, every time you go out where I tell you to go, yeah. you you see her in the ankle deep and you try to pull her. And he said, the best thing you can do is embrace everything I have for you in this season. And when that freedom comes into fruition in your life, you'll actually be able to, by example, 
pull her forward. But until you actually embrace everything that I am asking you to do, uh, you are going to actually enable her to stay in bondage. Mm -hmm. And he said, because you're making yourself her source. Wow. And every time she pushes back, you go, it's going to be okay. And he said, you're just going to actually have to model it. You cannot, mm. you cannot have a conversation anymore around it. You just have to start to be it. I, I do know there is, um, there is a dynamic that also is, um, unique. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times, uh, we, we think that if we're going to learn from somebody, that means that, um, they're just going to pick our brain. And, mm. you know, I think, I think older women, I, I know for, I'll, okay, I'll speak for myself. Um, I'm not looking for people who want to pick my brain Yes, and, and know <laughs> how to be me. We've talked about this, yeah. how to be me. I want them to know me. Yep. And I, I yeah. think that when you actually know somebody, then you actually know the motivation and everything they say mm -hmm. has a, a greater weight to it and, and a, a response to it. So I'll have young girls that will maybe reach out to me and say, Hey, I'd love to take you to coffee. I'd love to pick your brain. I, I really feel like I'm called to do what you're called to do. And I'd say, okay, that's great. Which one of my books have you read? And they'll say, oh, no, no, I haven't read any of your books, but but I watch you online. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll say, listen, I actually record everything mm. in my books. And if you have not taken the time mm. to read what I have said, it doesn't make sense for me to sit down with you and have you pick my brain. Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, you, you, you need to actually actually find out if you even align with what I've said. So um, I love that. Yeah. Well, automatically yeah. too, Lisa, we both know that that kind of comment and that kind of ask usually is derived from a heart of somebody that loves your call more than wanting to get to know the story of, of who's been called um, and who you are behind that calling. And I'll just tell you this, we, we devalue our own personal calls so often that we're missing really stepping into the place that God's asked us to step into. You know, I, when I said I have next season friends, there's one I can think of right now that she, she and I connect, we've known each other for 20 years and she's not in the Christian influence, author, speaker, teacher space, but I'm telling you, she's somebody that gets my first call all the time. Absolutely. And she's, yeah. she's in the medical profession. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's, she's doing the in and out work all day long in the medical profession, a job that is thankless. But I'm telling you the yeah. marker for her in my life that I consistently see that I want to be around and that I want to learn from. It's, it's almost like that quote that says no one ever injured their eyesight by looking on the bright side. Um, she's consistently a bright side looker. She consistently sees what good can come from this. How can we see the hand of God moving? And I love people like her, regardless your call and what you're doing, what stage you have, what spotlight, what recordings, what books, what, what teaching materials. Like that's the person that I go to. And I said, let me tell you what's going on in my real life. And then let me just hear the spirit of God pour out of you in a way that says, I will still, even though I will still see the goodness of God in this moment. Um, I just, I think we, we value the wrong things when we go to try to make relationships with people. 
Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree. And and here's the truth: we will not have a lot of those. Yeah, I mean, it'd yeah. be great. Yeah, I, I would love to tell you that over the course of your life, you'll have 50 people that can be that in your mm. life, but it, it, it really isn't true. You have true. to actually really know who you can entrust your heart to. It's it's really interesting. It said that Jesus, Jesus didn't make his heart known to people because he knew what was in the heart of man. So he even guarded mm. his heart. So what I have found is I have a lot of friends yeah. that are best friends in certain areas. Mm. So I I have a friend who I can call who will tell me what I need to hear, <laughs> not what I want to hear. Yeah. I have a <laughs> I have a friend to call. Yep. Same friend who will ask me the questions I don't want to answer. Yes. She's going to get in my face. She doesn't care about book sales. Yeah. She cares about my marriage. Mm-hmm. She cares about my children. She cares about my soul work. How's my soul? She cares about those things. She's not somebody that you're going to see on a huge radar, which actually makes her safer for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's got the right things in the right places in her life. And so mm-hmm. I think... I think what we need to come away from is when you have a next season friend, you actually need to say, do I want where they, where they are? Yeah. So I, I, I remember being in a hard place in my marriage and I know you've never had that, but <laughs> I was in a, <laughs> lies, lies. I've so had that. <laughs> I, I was in a hard place with my marriage and I called somebody yeah. who would give me sympathy and mm. this person was talking to me and it was basically you know what all men are jerks this is what they do wow. blah and 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 i heard the holy spirit say do you want what she has mm. she was twice divorced and alone mm. and god was like why are you asking somebody for directions that doesn't know how to get where you want to go. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean there aren't other women that have gone through that, but she was bitter. Mm-hmm. She was angry mm-hmm. and she was going to feed an offense in my life with John. And so I actually, I, I, I listened, I thanked her, I hung up. And then I actually mm. called another woman who had been married three times, mm-hmm. but was on her third husband who had learned from her hardship. And I said, you need to help me. We need to find women who have been through some stuff mm-hmm. and, and, and then honor their contribution. Don't waste their time. Uh, recently, I had a friend and her and her husband said that they went to meet with a, a, a man of God. And uh, when they first started talking he just interrupted them and said, see, I feel like right now y'all are just going to waste my time. You're just trying to look good in front of me and we are not getting to the problem. So if you've got that person in your life, you you need to not waste their time. You need to figure out what that looks like Mm. to grow. So, all right. I want to, I want to close out our time together by asking you, miss, miss Candace, what are you passionate about right now? Wow. Well, I got to be honest with you. About four years ago when this video went viral, I really felt like I'd walk through seeing a lot of dreams that I had come true. And I'd been in a place where I never was recently. 
and that's to have to dream new dreams. Uh, when I sat down with God, maybe just a few weeks ago, I just, I was like, okay, I want to dream your dreams. I, I want to see what do you have for my life? What do you have still on the pages that I can't see? And that kind of evokes a passion. Um, when you're asking him, what are you passionate about? And what are you, you know, what are you up to? I, I often think uh, another quote, I mean, I quote, stuff all the time but that I don't know who said it. it first. But um, the quote that I, I always come back to is when we're not hungry for justice, it's usually because we're too full with privilege. Um, mm-hmm. And I find myself yeah. looking for the places in our life that are unjust, the places where literally it doesn't matter to me because I don't see it as a pain point. And when I think about what I'm finding passion about in my life right now, it's finding the people that feel like spiritual lepers, that they're wounded to a point beyond repair and contagious with their heart of offense. It's the ones that they've got the loudest megaphone and, and the loudest bark and yet the gentlest bite when you get to really know them. Um, I have a heart for people that have been bruised and beaten and battered by religion and don't really know what relationship with Jesus is. And um, those come in various shapes, colors, sizes, walks of life, and it doesn't matter where they're coming from. When you ask me what I'm passionate about, it's it's bringing justice to the ones that feel like they don't deserve it. Or the, That's beautiful. And so I just, I have a heart to maybe reach them in ways that are not your typical churchy ways of reaching them. I want to reach them through comedy and entertainment and joy and fun and surprise Um, and so for me, I'm passionate about developing those things that would do that. You know, when I'm dreaming dreams with God, I would love to be able to create a non-scripted hidden camera show, you know, I mean, just catch people in where they are. Wait, was that candid camera, candid camera? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, I just feel like we don't as Christians by and large have an opinion of us that we can have fun or that we can be fun or that if we are funny, oh my goodness, it better not offend. Or if you are funny, it better point back to Jesus somehow. And I'm sitting here thinking, I wish the Bible had written in it more of Jesus's one-liners because I know he had to have some, you know. Um, But I feel like we just, we miss this opportunity to really connect through joy, which by the way, is a gift and and is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, And so I find find myself thinking, God, if I was going to dream anything up with you and be passionate about reaching those that are hungry for justice and knowing you, at the end of the day, I feel like the mantle and the way that God's allowing me to dream those things up with him and be passionate about are just through joy. I mean, like honest, honest, good, pure joy. Um, And so it looks a little bit different, the things that I dream up and the things that I'm passionate about right now. But I would say that encompasses them all. (laughs) Well, I, I love that. And I, I actually kind of want to just affirm that, you know, when when we got involved over a decade ago with either um, financing uh, rescues or going undercover mm. into brothels or coming alongside yeah. uh, children that had been sex trafficked, one of the hardest, most difficult things is you can rescue them 
but they have a really hard time seeing a vision for their life. And Mm. talking to one of these organizations, they explained to me why. They said that children discover what they are called to do through play. Mm. And so if Mm -hmm. people don't play, if they don't play, they don't actually discover their strengths. And there is a playfulness about you. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> there is daily tacos right there. Yes. I, I mean, if anybody is questioning my my uh, decision on that, but there is a playfulness, <laughs> which is actually robbing people from discovering yeah. who they are. Yeah. And there is a playfulness to God. I mean, God creates oceans. He creates mountains. He creates not just one flower, but bazillions of types of flowers. You know, even even you know, even just all of the things that would bring laughter to our lives. Playing with our children is mm-hmm. one of the things that brings the most self confidence to our kids. Not mm-hmm. correcting them, but playing with them. So yeah. I just want to affirm you with that, yeah. and I just want to thank you for going into the unreached dynamics and uh, bringing joy Mm. and bringing a playfulness to people who feel like they they were never allowed to play. Or if they were allowed to play, they were never allowed to play with the Christians. They were never allowed to be chosen for that team. They were always on the sidelines or always on the Mm. outside looking in and I'm just going to believe that God gives you increasingly uh, creative ways to do that Candace because uh, it's just it's just something you've been fashioned for. Mm. So as we close I'm going to ask two things. Yeah. Uh I'm going to ask you to just do a quick prayer for people that they would recover their joy and their mm. playfulness. Can you do that for us cuz I yes. I feel like I could pray it but they're not going to receive it from me. They're going to receive it from you. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Father, first and foremost, I I just want to thank you for being a God that offers us so many things and resources to live here and now and to invite your kingdom to this earth. I God, I, I thank you for that. Um, for people listening right now that are feeling as though they want a one- stop shop to joy. <laughs> they they want to be able to say, I can get this off the shelf and then I'm going to finally feel again, or I'm going to finally laugh again, or I'm going to finally have joy. Father, would you gently remind us all, as your word says in Galatians, that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, and peace, and you know, all the other things, God, that joy is really an, an indwelling of what your spirit does and a growth out of that. So if I'm going to ask anything for all of us, including myself, is that there would be this deeper, richer indwelling of your Holy Spirit. And there would be full access that we would grant you to move in our hearts, move in our lives. God, that we would be open to feeling. God, not to be governed or dominated by our feelings, not to allow them to run the entire show, but God, that we would just be open to the fact that your Holy Spirit is working on us and producing good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. You know, Candace, as you were praying, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit bring a scripture in case people are sitting there like, I just don't know if Candace is right about this theologically. I have an amazing scripture for you. It's Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 47 and 48. It says, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, because of the abundance of all things, therefore, you shall serve your enemies. Mm. So that, whoa, whoa, people, you don't want to serve your enemies. Okay, so now, Miss Candace, yeah, how can they stay connected with you? Uh, you can find me on all the social media platforms at Candace Payne. I don't have a single I in my name, so it's all A's. Um, or you can okay. just go and to CandacePayne.me. It's not .com. And it's P-A-Y-N-E. Yeah. It's not like pain as in she's a pain it's that's yes. right that's right however if you want to know god's sense of humor my maiden name and i cannot make this up my maiden name is sharp and so when i got married i became a sharp pain i can't wow. oh that's amazing okay so one more time candace pain they can get you on instagram are you on twitter and yep. facebook all the things do you have a youtube channel i do have a youtube channel yes there we go yeah. all right so stay connected with candace whenever you are feeling that your joy levels are dropping candace thank you so much for joining me today on the godmothers podcast you are amazing oh it's my honor thank you well, that was a fun conversation with Miss Candace Payne. I hope it actually brought you some joy. She is definitely a joy bringer. I love her. And I want to thank you for tuning in today. And at this moment, I want to remind you that the new Godmother's book is actually out there. You can get it wherever books are sold. So pick it up on Amazon or at messengerpodcast.com slash godmothers. I also want to invite you to be part of this journey. You can do this by subscribing, rating the show. I want to hear your input. I want to hear the things that you're like, can you please answer this really hard question? I'll get smart people on the show. It really helps me to get the word out there when you subscribe. And I love hearing from my godmother, goddaughter family. Until next time, this has been your podcast godmother, Lisa Bevere. Thanks for listening to the Godmother Podcast. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. You can subscribe and share these episodes through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to check out our other shows in the Messenger Podcast Network, including Conversations with John and Lisa, The Messenger Podcast, and Let's Talk About It with Sons and Daughters. You can connect with Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and through her website at lisabevere.com. Until next time.